just a heads up that the following podcast does contain all the spoilers. Hey kid, do you want to talk about the most famous movies ever? Yeah, which one? Definitely not Lord of the Rings. Those movies are garbage. Yeah. Hi, welcome to the Corrupted Youth Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Brennan. And we're a father and son duo that explores the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockiest of Golden Age VHS rental store flicks in spoiler-heavy fashion. This is the concluding episode of our Life Day Bonanza. If for whatever reason you're picking it up on part three, and you haven't listened to part one or part two, go back, give them a listen. You dingus. Yeah, we're covering every theatrical Star Wars movie. Well, in the saga, in the Skywalker the saga, saga, we're yes. not doing Rogue One and Solo. No, although I think it would kind of be good if we did. We should do it at some. Maybe we should do like um a, a bonus episode where we talk about not like the serious, but like we at least discuss Solo and Rogue One, and then like the Mandalorian and the Clone Wars show and Rebels. Give me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a lot of Star Wars for the past month. It is. And the fact that we've managed to cram three episodes in the one month when we're kind of a monthly podcast yeah, is a lot. So yeah, this part three, we're going to cover The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and The Rise of Skywalker. So then we're going to give our rankings from our favorite to our least favorite, and we're going to follow it up with our fun little game we've been playing, which is The Three Lies, One Truth, Wikipedia edition, where... We take some of the a, st- a garbage story from Legends, which is all the non-canon Star Wars stuff from ancillary material back in the day, and then we follow it up with three ridiculous lies, and the other person has to try to guess which one is the actual truth. And so far, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. It is definitely the dessert for us for covering all these movies. Yeah. All right, well, I don't have anything else to go over, so might as well just... Hop right into it. What do you say, Bren? Yippee! Okay, we're going to start off with The Force Awakens. So yeah, we hadn't had a Star Wars movie and well, it was a while. 2003 was, or was it 2004? That was Revenge of the Sith? 2003. 2003. Yeah, so it had been over 10 years. Yeah. 12 years to be exact. I was hype. Me too. I was so hype. Dude, that was crazy. The hype for The Force Awakens was pretty spectacular. It was. I was crazy excited for this one. Mm-hmm. Even more so than the prequels. Yeah, because it really it, it felt like they were going to get it right. Nothing really felt off about it. Yeah, there was a whole lot of J.J. Abrams is going to use practical effects. Mm-hmm. He's going to bring back more practical effects. And boy, did he ever. Yeah. I'd say, just to get this through, overall, I I like this movie, although I do have many issues with it. Where should we start? The story? Well, I think overall, I would agree with you, because overall, it's fun. Yeah. It's just a fun movie. Mm -hmm. 
it's not overly complicated. That's what I like about this one. I think as a movie, it succeeds. I think calling this a bad movie is not true. It could be a bad Star Wars movie to some people, but I would wholeheartedly disagree with them if they called this a bad movie. Structure and pacing-wise, and even acting, cinematography, it's good. Yeah, and it has it has like the, the great friendship dynamic, mm-hmm. which is really good. There's a lot of um, energy to everyone, especially when they get in the harrowing situations. Yeah. Everybody just seems to just become friends really quick. Yeah. And it feels genuine, too. Uh-huh. It doesn't feel fake. It feels like they're probably friends outside of work, too. Yeah. I think this movie was a, the perfect setup for... Okay, maybe not the perfect, but it was a really good setup for the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Established your new characters. I think Han's death kind of was a bit weird. I liked it, but I don't know. Overall, it was like a good setup. It was a good start. You know, Kylo Ren, who's this Kylo Ren? You know, he's Ben, he's Solo's kids. Then, you know, what's Luke doing? Why is he on some island? Where did the lightsaber come from? Who's Ray's parents? Yeah, and all the Snoke theories that came out after this were bonkers. Yeah, oh, it's Mace Windu. Oh, it's Plagueis. It's Ezra from the Rebel show. It's Ezra. It's Kanan. And I think in a way it doesn't matter because when you watch the original trilogy, who's the Emperor who just shows up in the third movie to do stuff? It doesn't matter. Yeah, but there's also this light now with Star Wars that everything has to be explained. I feel as if like, because back then it didn't matter because there weren't, there weren't like a million books explaining where everything came from. It's almost like this expectation, you know, there's a new character, especially when they're that big in charge of the first order. There's kind of this expectation that they have a full, full fleshed out backstory. Yeah, I can see. I, I get, I get where you're coming from with that. Um, yeah, this also, like most Star Wars movies, introduces some new force stuff. Not a whole lot in this one. I like the freezing stuff with Kylo Ren. Yeah. I thought that was super cool. And I liked that they did it towards the beginning. Uh-huh. Because it definitely made me feel like, okay, so they're going to do something while familiar. They're doing stuff that I have not seen before. And I felt really weird about it at the time, but it's really kind of grown on me a lot. Yeah. It's something that's not utilized in any of the other movies either. No, it's literally never used again. But it was cool when he used it that one time. Those two times he does it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Does it on Ray? Yeah, probably. It, it definitely would have came in handy multiple occasions. Yeah. <laughs> I would have liked to see him use that in like a lightsaber fight or something, you know. Yeah. Use it dynamically or even like in a starfighter battle, you know, freezes a ship or something. Freezes a torpedo from hitting his ship. Something cool like that. No, it just freezes. He freezes one laser bolt and freezes Ray. Never used again. <laughs> yeah, I like all the characters in this. I I like Ray a lot. Ray's good in this movie. I like that she feels genuine, like a genuinely just kind of good soul. Mm-hmm. And that's that's fun. It's better than Luke kind of being a whiny baby man. And I, I really appreciate how Ray's character, while is a lot like Luke, isn't in a lot of ways. Because like Luke always wanted to leave Tatooine. But Ray wants to stay, you know, and Luke, well, he's a whiny baby who can't really fend for himself. You have Ray, who's been living on her own her entire life. So they have an interesting 
dynamic. I thought that was interesting how she's like Luke in a lot of ways, but also not. It makes her distinct, but like recognizable. Yeah. And I, I like Finn in this because I like when he freaks out about yeah. killing all those villagers. Yeah, that part's really cool. And he's conflicted about it. And I like that it was just a driving moment for his character right then and there. And I also like the, the um when one of the other troops gets killed. Mm-hmm. And he puts like the, the, blood, the blood mark swinging. on him. Yeah. So now we can follow him through all the action too. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was really nice. I also like when Finn and Poe break out. That part was really cool. Mm-hmm. How they're just instant buddies, you know, and stuff like like it's that like friendship. And it, it that was just really nice. I think that's one of my favorite parts about the sequel trilogy as a whole. Is just that part where Finn decides to um go against the first order i thought that was really nice yeah and then they don't see each other until towards the end yeah and pose the one who sees finn mm-hmm. and is all excited yeah just kissed her tail and hey buddy yeah yeah that, that, that was really nice and he's like this is my jacket like it was fun it was a fun little friendship they had going on uh-huh. too. yeah it really works i think mm-hmm. um other new character uh that should be discussed bb8 i don't mind bb8 i don't mind bb8 either. in this movie I thought BB-8 was going to be too cutesy for his own good, mm-hmm. and really, he's not. But I was kind of disappointed that R2-D2 gets the shaft. Yeah. Kind of throughout this entire trilogy. The entire too. trilogy, for sure. That kind of makes me mad. Yeah. I think that's pretty lame. Same with C- C-3PO also. not Actually, not in The Rise of Skywalker. C-3PO's yeah, in The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, he shines in that. Yeah. It's probably one of his best movies, honestly. Yeah. R2-D2... What would be the purpose? You ha- always have kind of more than one group doing something at a time. Mm-hmm. Throw R2-D2 in the mix. Yeah. That way you both have handy droids to get you out of weird situations mm-hmm. or like, uh-oh, you know, the we kind of wrote these guys into a corner. How do they get out? And you just always have a droid to solve that problem. Yeah. Reinstall his little jetpack boosters. <laughs> Shows off to BB-8 and is like, hey, buddy. Maybe he flips out a little arm like he's giving BB-8 the finger. <laughs> <laughs> I got jet boosters. I think Han's good in this movie. Han's great in this movie. He's, he has that same like comedy to him. He's on that, that same air, but he's just a little bit more grumpy now. Yeah. He, he just knows everything. He kind of reminds me of, um, of old Peter Parker in Into the Spider-Verse. He's just kind of <laughs> used to everything. You know, like he just knows what the supervillains are going to do. He just... He just already knows it's going to happen. Oh, yep, here comes the guys. They're going to negotiate, whatever. Or like, I, like how he's just throwing dudes in like the wrath tars and stuff. He's just shooting guys like how Han Solo would be. Yeah, like he's just getting back in the swing of things. Mm-hmm. And I like, too, that he's not hanging out with Leia. He's just still up to his old shady dealings and yeah, everything. Yeah, he's still and- just a smuggler. Yeah, not very good one either, though. He's pretty good, he, dude. He He's captured. Probably... He captured like three Rathtards. That's yeah, apparently they... really cool. But they killed like his entire crew. Yeah, but he's still gonna get paid a lot, and then that's <laughs> less crew you have to pay. Oh, he's not getting paid because he goes out on an adventure. Yeah, but he didn't really know that. <laughs> I think he, he's probably one of my favorite characters that we like catch up with because I just like to think he's just constantly he's just adventuring. He's just getting money. He's I think there's definitely a lot of room to explore what he did between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, because I'm sure he's just mucking about. I'm sure he helped the New Republic get set up and everything, but at the end of the day, he's probably just mucking about, you yeah, know, doing like, shady stuff with Chewie. Yeah, I and mean, that's probably why his marriage didn't really work out. Yeah, and I actually read a book, Um, I think it was the second 
Star Wars Aftermath book where it was about Han Solo going to Kashyyyk and he like liberated the the Wookiees there. I think that's cool versus someone like Luke who kind of sits on an island for for a good like six years or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. And um, his comment about how, oh, well, it's a thing. We just blow it up, right? Yeah. I mean, it was acknowledging the one thing people have a problem with this movie. Oh, so he even says like, oh, it's another Death Star. Yeah. But to joke about it is just like, oh, okay, you're right. It is silly, but we're still on board. And the mirroring of A New Hope doesn't really bother me that much. I yeah. think it's fine because it's different enough. Yeah, that's what I meant with like Ray and everything. Like, I think people are too much like, oh, Ray's just Luke. No, Ray's like Luke in a lot of ways, but not really. Same with Han kind of as a Ben figure, but not really. Ben was just kind of a wise old dude. Han's just a greasy smuggler who has a history with the rebellion. Yeah. Um is Bria Mary Sue? I think to a degree, yes. To a degree. I think people use it too harshly on her because Luke d- does also kind of feel that way. You know, he doesn't get any training and he uses the force, but Luke doesn't do as extreme of things. Like at least Luke had some training before he fought Vader on like Cloud City and stuff yeah. like that. And, you know, Ray didn't have any training and fought Kylo Ren, although Kylo Ren was shot in the chest with a bowcaster. Yeah. So I really don't think that that was as fair as a fight as people like to think it was. But I still think like, I don't know, I'm even okay with her using a Jedi mind trick because a lot of people know what a Jedi mind trick is. If if um, Watto knows what a Jedi mind trick is, <laughs> like, I'm sure Ray has heard stories of jedi mind tricks and just decided hey what if this works that's how it kind of felt to me but at the end of the day i think she was too overpowered i guess in a way like even when she gets in the millennium falcon and she just starts flying it without ever knowing how she knows how to do that yes granted in a book they have one line about how she knows how to fly the millennium falcon but even then it's not even like well, that she, she, if i remember correctly she says she's hasn't flown it but she, she's never flown it she's familiar with the falcon Okay. That's how she knew how to fix yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. It's because yeah. she's worked on it, and she's also a salvager. I think her fixing the Millennium Falcon is fine. Her flying, it's a different thing. Well, there's also, you're probably willing to take more risks unknowingly because of the Force. I, I feel, because in, in this one book, I think it's like called Before the Awakening, it mentions that Rey had like some simulator, and she was able to like fly some flight simulator. But even then, it was never an actual YT-1300 freighter. It was other Corel, or like YT. Like, you know what I mean? Though? Like, you have to go to many lengths when it could have just been a different character piloting the Falcon. Get your ancillary media out of our movie review. <laughs> See what I mean, though? Like, the fact that it needs to be explained was stupid. I think that is someone else should have flown it. That is probably the biggest crux of this entire trilogy is I'm getting suspicious of them not laying certain things out in order to explain them in books. I don't think it's in order to explain it. I think it's just that they're lazy and they know that they can explain it in books. How does Ray a pilot know how to pilot the Falcon? Who cares? Some writer out there will figure it out. That's not my problem. That's what I'm saying. Let's just do it. I don't think they do it on purpose to sell books. I think it's that they just don't care and they know that they can sell books. Yeah, I agree that she is 
close to a Mary Sue. It's mm-hmm. pushing it, but I think she would definitely be able to do a lot more. She would be perfect the entire time. She's not perfect. Yeah. She's a lot of the times she's panicking. She's just acting on instinct. And it's not like her lightsaber style is anything to be like, oh, it's like she's instantly great at and I get why she lightsaber. And, and she's I, pretty sloppy with it. And I think it makes sense that she knows how to use a lightsaber. She's been using a melee weapon her True. entire life as well. I never doubted her lightsaber ability. It's just when it comes down to dueling with someone who trained with Luke Skywalker. Who was shot. Who was shot, but at the same time. I mean, the whole time he's like beating on that wound, trying to like get angry. Yeah, I do really so you like can that. Overcome the pain. He's just like punching it and stuff. It, I did like that. Mm-hmm. I just think this movie. I think it should have. It should not have been a resistance fighting an empire, because that's literally the rebellion fighting the empire. You know, but instead they just have different names now. It, yeah. it felt that way to me. I think it should have been more of the New Republic fighting. The, the First Order, you know, kind of like a flip, like a reverse, you know, instead of the Empire, it's the New Republic, and instead of the Rebellion, it's the First Order. You could have done it that way, and more like terrorist. You could have even related that to, you know, current world problems with terrorism, and you could have really done interesting stuff with that, but no, it's, it's the Resistance, which is the Rebellion, basically, fighting yeah. the First Order, which is basically the Empire. Yeah, and what... One thing that was covered in the Clone Wars, see, now I'm doing it, mm-hmm. is uh, the topic of what makes a terrorist. You and that know, would have been interesting. What's the difference between a terrorist and a freedom fighter Yeah, or, or a, a rebellion? And you could have brought that up with the First Order, because you could yeah, have, have played this side of, well, maybe the, the New Republic isn't perfect, but you kind of get rid of all of that once it's just the resistance also the resistance it just feels very like feel good kind of happy <laughs> i don't know there's something about it the rebellion was kind of gritty you know everything was like it really felt like people were like actually dying but the first the, the resistance just seems a bit i don't know it kind of loses that feel yeah i'm a little confused on how hyperspace works in this movie in all of <laughs> in all of this trilogy because it seems almost instantaneous mm-hmm. where I always thought it took a while. Like, you could still go through hyperspace. Let's say it takes you a month to get across the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Maybe two months. Because it's still a long way to travel. But that still wouldn't be that bad. Yeah. And in this, it's just like, oh, don't don't think about it. They're there. They're just there. Yeah. I also think it's dumb how Starkiller Base was able to blow up planets a whole... I don't even know how far away that was. <laughs> because and then everybody could just see it as it's yeah, happening because something hyperspace something that's just left to be explained in the books you know what i don't like that either i get that they needed the a visual something mm-hmm. but you could have also covered it and maybe somebody receives a transmission or there's hollow night footage of the planets exploding yeah it's like space it was- 9-11 everyone's like watching it and it's just that like it would have been horror. big news yeah Inside it says, oh, something, something, hyperspace, something, they can see the explosion, hyperspace, something. That, that's whatever the explanation is. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. Whatever movie. I mean, that's probably the worst thing I have to say about this. Mm-hmm. Um, like Maz Kanata's castle and stuff was fun. You get all your weird aliens again. Yeah, it's a bit cantina-y, but had a different feel. 
good twist on it. Yeah, the music was pretty cool in that place. Yeah. I also like the fight at Moskana's castle. March of the Resistance starts playing when all those X-Wings come flying in. That that whole part was really cool. I like that. Yeah, that's a really cool scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all the sets are great on this. Should we get into design work? I just did. I said, yeah, all the sets are great on this. Okay. <laughs> I think the sets look really good, but one thing that I despise about this new trilogy is the lack of creativity when it comes to anything new. They're TIE fighters, but they, they're a little... They have some red parts on them. It's X-Wings, but the, the engines look different. The S-Foils are different. The S-Foils are... That's literally it. The S-Foils are different. Oh, oh it's just A-Wings. Just A-Wings. <laughs> nothing's even different with them. Yeah. I give credit to the new bombers. You know what I mean? Like, it just felt... These are something different. Give us E-Wings from, from Legends. You know, remember E-Wings? They were like... <laughs> X-Wings, but they didn't have any foils, just wings. <laughs> they, they looked like... They looked like E's? They looked like some <laughs> cheap knockoff that your grandma would buy you yeah. at a dollar store. Thanks, Mom, for the E-Wing toy. But even then, <laughs> it's something new. You know, I want to see... That's one thing I definitely give the prequels is that that's super interesting new designs. I do like the new Star Destroyers. They look good. The Resurgence-class Star Destroyer definitely looks like a natural evolution of the Star Destroyer. I like that. Stormtrooper armor looks Stormtrooper cool. armor, yes. I'm fine with those upgrades. Yeah, it again seems like a cool progression of the armor that we've been seeing since the Clone Wars. Yeah. But, but that's, that's, where, that's where it ends. Otherwise, it's just X-Wings and TIE Fighters. And even the, the uh, First Order Landers... They just look like shoeboxes. They look <laughs> stupid. I don't mind them. I think they look dumb. Compare that to Imperial Landers, the Lambda-class shuttle. Lambda-class looks awesome, yet we get the little shoeboxes that fly down. Well, that's just for troops, though. They're just troop carriers. They just Yeah, the Lambda efficient. was, too. See they what didn't I mean? really like... show it in a movie, though. That's the thing. Okay. Um, The ship, Leia, and those... Troops come in. Was it Ma- at Maz Kanata's? It's just a B wing. It's a modified B wing. I don't know. At least it's something different. It's different. It's at least it's a new ship. Yeah, but at the, at the end of the day, it's just a B wing that's modified. <laughs> even that, which looks like it's new, isn't even that new. They should have just invented. I want to see a natural progression. We saw the Arc 170s in Episode 3, the predecessors of the X Wings. Those looked really cool. You could see where that evolved into an X-Wing. Yeah, it's like they don't want to sell toys. Don't you want to sell more toys? Make new things. Get a bunch of designers. Have them throw ideas at a wall. Go kind of crazy with the Arc 170s. It isn't like they were just literally X-Wings with different S-Foils. Oh, the nose is a little bit shorter. No, they looked completely different, but you could still tell where that turns into the X-Wing. Yeah. The new X-Wings don't look that way. And even then... The Resistance doesn't even use new X-Wings. Some of them are just old X-Wings. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ugh. Let's backtrack a little, because I think all the effects and everything in this look great. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot of complaints about him. Um, we didn't really talk much about Kylo Ren as a character, mm-hmm. so maybe we just kind of want to... I like Kylo Ren. I do, too. I like him in this. I like that he's conflicted. Yeah. I like that... 
he's sweaty and angry. Yeah, he he seems I like the kind of Darth Vader fanboy aspect to him. I like that he has a bad temper. Yeah. He just freaks out and will start smashing stuff. That's or... a very dark side thing. Yeah. That's what Anakin was like, and that's why part of why Anakin fell to the dark side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Kylo Ren. He's my favorite character out of all the new ones. He's the most like well-written through all three movies. He has good writing and actually has a story, like an actual character arc. Yeah, he he's does. He's one of the few characters that actually has a character arc. He does. Yeah, I, I like him in this movie, too. I like I like it when he kills his dad. <laughs> I don't know. It it definitely you could definitely see the conflict in it in his eyes and like in his acting. I also really like Adam Driver, is that his name? Yes. I I like him too as an actor. I think he's I do too. He's a good actor. He and he's in he's kind of ugly too. But I think that works. I know your mom has a problem with him. <laughs> yes. Because she doesn't think that uh, two good-looking people like Han and Leia would have an ugly kid. I like that, though. But the thing is, though, is that sometimes there's plenty of good-looking people who have way ugly kids out and there. I, and I think it just makes it more relatable, too. I think so, too. It makes them seem like a normal person. Mm-hmm. They could have easily gotten somebody who is, like, some bohunk. Yeah. I also like his lightsaber. A lot of people had a problem with it when it first came out, like, Oh, the dumb cross cards, that would just get cut off. No, you dingus, it's coming from one kyber crystal. <laughs> you slice down the, the cross blade, it'll just hit the blade, it'll stop, that's the point. That's one of the major issues of lightsabers, that you can just slide your lightsaber down and cut the other person's hands off. Heck, that's how Dooku got his hands cut off. <laughs> that's literally why he has, if he had a cross card on his lightsaber, he'd still have both hands. Um, I think it's cool. I like that. It's like crackly. It's sputtery. Yeah. yeah. I like it. That was one of my favorite parts of the trailer. That was kind of like the Darth Maul double lightsaber moment. This is like that. Because it ignites and there's that split second and then the cross guards ignite. Yeah, and it's very just cobbled together. You can tell he built it himself. Yeah. And maybe he was not quite ready for that part. Maybe he didn't really Kind of rushed to making lightsaber. Because he has the, the cracked kyber crystal. Yeah, I, I like that. I also like his design. I think it would have been interesting if they went for more of a Darth Vader design as their concept art kind of showed. That would have been interesting too, but I, I did. It was, it's pretty unique. I do like Kylo Ren's design. Yeah, and I like the voice too. Mm hmm. Because it's different. Yeah. And it's Vader esque, but not. It's what I'm Kylo Ren wants to be. He wants to be the next Vader, and that's yeah. how he's designed and how he's acted. That's why he's like my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anything else more about The Force Awakens? Um, Man, they really did set up Luke to be cool, didn't they? <laughs> now let's talk about The Last Jedi. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, no. If you're a fan of <laughs> The Last Jedi and you think it's a good movie, I don't like you. Oh, come on. What if I like it? You don't. That's why I like you. <laughs> oh yeah. Um I don't wanna I don't wanna be labeled one an angry fanboy or anything. Yeah. Because I don't know. I mean is this movie's very divisive. Especially like for me as far as I enjoy it. But I also don't enjoy it. I think 
the movie fails at being a movie. You can call this a bad Star Wars movie, and I will agree with you. You can also call this a bad movie, and I will agree with you. See, and I feel that's where it really fails in the movie aspect, because when I just watched it recently, I remember looking down to go, oh, how much how much more time do I have with this? I was one hour in, mm-hmm. and I felt like I had already watched a whole movie. Yeah. And it's not that that much stuff happens. It's just, I'm just kind of done with it at that point. Yeah. And there's so much back and forth. Nothing really happens. Hey, that's fine if you want to tell a story about making a mistake and failing. That's what the Empire Strikes Back is. That's fine. But it just, it's not done right in this it's movie. It's not done right. And also I have major issues with the the kind of like sci-fi, like technical aspects of it. Because there's just a lot of things that don't make sense. Like the bombers don't make sense. I think <laughs> the the whole chase, the, the the idea of this chase doesn't make any sense. And like, no, you're telling me that the Radis, the the resistance ship, which I do like the Radis, it is a very cool, um, is a pretty cool cruiser. The Supremacy, I think it's stupid and too big. But anyway, all these Star Destroyers, all these like different resistance fighters everything travels at the exact same speed yeah what so they can't catch up with each other and they they send one attack force it's kylo ren and like four tie fighters they end up destroying a good chunk of the radis send more <laughs> tie fighters there's like you probably have like a few thousand tie fighters they would have so many tie fighters it's ridiculous it's ridiculous how many tie fighters they have also, since they have plenty of hyperspace fuel, which I didn't realize was a thing. Yeah. Couldn't they just hyperspace up? Jump? Just jump. A millisecond of hyperspace ahead of them. Stop, and then just shoot them. Or just hyperspace right behind them. They're not leaving anywhere. Yeah. You still have other capital ships following them. Yeah. So they're not going to leave. There's so many... It's mind-boggling, and it just goes on. Yeah. And on. I'm fine with the whole movie being a chase, but if it's done right, you know, maybe they're they're jumping to like different areas, and you know, the the all the ships keep on chasing them. And they're trying to split apart. You could have made it interesting, you know, like what if some cruisers went this way and the other cruisers went that way, and you had Star Destroyers chasing those ones, and then you had the Supremacy chasing the Radis. It could have been cool, but instead, it's just the entire movie is just this slow, painfully dragging race that makes no sense. Yeah, there's. And then you had Canto Bite. <laughs> Let's address some of these things in a little bit more of an order here. Okay. Because that's kind of how I have them written down. Yeah, okay. For the most part. Yeah. I'm going to start off with the phone call scene. Oh, God. Oh, I always forget where, about where it. Poe Dameron just flies right up to a capital ship and just makes a phone call to General Hux. And then... In a Star Wars movie, there's a your mom joke. Ah, Why? Way to make... You want to put some humor in it? Go right ahead. But a your mom joke? Are you kidding me? And way to make your... The, the main villains of this trilogy so not scary. Non-villainous. Nine, non-villainous by 
having them just sit there and like, oh, I'm going to listen to the call. Oh, you're blowing up all my stuff. Oh, I'm so stupid. If that had happened in the Empire and some X-Wing, especially the star pilot of the Rebellion, was flying up on a Star Destroyer, you know wholeheartedly that Navy officer would have just opened all turbo laser fire on them. They would have been relentless. Yeah. Hux, way to make the, the main general baddie stupid and incompetent. And he was he was good in The Force Awakens. I liked him in The Force Awakens. Yeah. He was he, fine in The Force Awakens. This one, he's just stupid. They turn him into a bumbling idiot. Yeah. Intentionally, too. Intentionally. It isn't even like by, by accident. He's literally written stupid. And part of the reason why was because in the original Star Wars, they're, ba- they're space Nazis. Let's not just beat around that bush. Yeah. They were space Nazis. Yeah. So Ryan Johnson figured that if you have a resurgence of these space Nazis, it would just be like the space alt-right. And because they're a bunch of dumb idiots, that the characters in his movie should also be dumb idiots. Is that the to, actual to explanation? Basically, yes. Oh, no, 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 no. I disagree with that. Don't do that. Yeah. It we, makes the whole conflict look dumb. Yeah. Are they? Yeah, of course they would still be horrible people mm-hmm. who you need to just defeat and get rid of because they're terrible and they're garbage. Yeah. But don't, don't treat that. I mean, the second you treat even like, even if the all right are idiots, bumbling idiots who can't do anything right. But you know what? It doesn't make them less bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just don't make them stupid. Don't make them dumb. Also, it's it's just like so stupid that Poe Dameron takes out the what like 20 turbo laser cannons that are on this over kilometer long ship. You're telling me that this ship has that many? It's like such a small amount. Even that technical aspect is stupid. Yeah, and I also what really did me in watching this movie for the first time was the Mary Poppins Leia floaty scene. You know, the second that Kylo Ren shoots the bridge and Leia flies out, I'm like, well, Leia's dead. That's sad. Yeah, I was like, whoa. Didn't expect her to go like that. Yeah. And then she starts floating. It's like, oh, God. She was in space way too long. Way too long. That's that's a theme that carries on throughout this entire movie. Things take too long. Things that should just be like, a couple seconds. Mm-hmm. Even if you're doing, say, you want to stretch it out, do some slow-mo or something, make it more dramatic, but they'll just hang. Mm-hmm. There's no timing. The timing is really off where, you know, it'd be like, Brennan, do, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to come over there and I'm going to punch you in the face. And then we stare at each other. And then right when you think he's going to go punch him, it just keeps going. Mm-hmm. And it would keep going mm-hmm. and keep going. Where it's like, ah, just do something. Make it happen. It's not even like a tension thing. It's just, it's timing. Like, you could have shaved off like 20 minutes of this movie just by cutting down some of the weird, awkward extra space. Yeah. I I also hate the part of BB-8 when he's fixing Poe's ship from the inside. And he's plugging all the little sparks. And it's like, oh, he's like plugging the holes in the barrel. And then... And then it's like comical. Oh, he has so many. And then, and then he just uses his whole head and just bonks the ship. And then, oh, it works. Sure. Stupid. 
<laughs> I'm I'm fine with grumpy old Luke. It's fine. I don't think you should have thrown that lightsaber. It's kind of a middle finger to what we've been waiting for. But that's what it's all about. But that's Brad. it's the like just have him. He could be interested in it because I'm sure you can't tell me that he's not like. How did you get this? You know, there's not an ounce of him. Nope. Throw it back. He could have just given it back to her. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to throw it. That, that I think that was that's where I was just like, wait, what now? And there are some funny bits with him being a curmudgeon. Like when he tickles Ray's hand and says that's the force. Yeah. I like that. I don't like him drinking the, the weird booby milk Yeah, that part from is that stupid. sea creature. That sea creature, A, looks dumb. Yeah. Sorry for whoever worked on that. But it doesn't do anything. It just sits there. Mm-hmm. It looks like a prop that you could just, I don't know. He doesn't move around that much. Yeah. Like, they probably spend all their time and money just trying to get that boob to squirt milk. <laughs> I also don't uh, like Yoda. Oh, yeah. Yoda's... His Force Ghost, he doesn't look good, and his Force Ghost looks stupid. How do you mess up a Force Ghost? Make him translucent, you dingus. Yeah. They're a ghost, not a, a blue outline Yoda. A blue outline dollar store puppet Yoda. Yeah, just take that opacity level... Move it down mm-hmm. like another twenty five percent. You yeah. probably got it right there. And even the puppet doesn't even look that good. I'm glad that they used a puppet. Yeah, cool. Use a puppet. You have replicas of the puppets that were used in The Empire Strikes Back. And they don't even get the okay. You establish what Force Ghosts look like. Mm-hmm. You know, you got you got one hanging out. Return of the Jedi. Just take those. Look at those Force Ghosts. Yeah. Are they they're transparent? Yeah translucent anyway they've got they're glowing blue and that's where that's all the direction they took for this new for this new trilogy for 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 force ghost look there's like a and i know this is nitpicky but it makes a difference they have like almost like these balls of energy that go around the outline of them yeah and they move around there's none of that it was super obvious in those old movies. How do you just not go make it look like this? Yeah. Instead, there's just blue glow. It's just blue Yoda. Blue bad puppet Yoda chilling on a rock. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I can't get behind it. I think Yoda summoning lightning's fine. I think people had a problem with That's that. That's cool. That's fine. I don't care. Yeah. You're, you're on the island, which was the birthplace of the Jedi. It's the first Jedi temple. Mm-hmm. You, I could see ghosts and stuff being more powerful there. Even if that's, even if they're not more powerful there, Yoda's still one of the most powerful Jedi. I'm sure, summon lightning. I don't they had care. a few decades to figure more stuff out as a Force ghost. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, oh, Canto bite. Ugh, Let's get that going. I don't like anything about Canto bite. None of it is good. I don't like the design work because it makes it makes the 50s diner in episode 2 seem cool. Yeah. Because this is like I can see like okay, you want to be influenced by, you know, like oh, it's like an old 1930s 40s style casino. That's fine if you take that influence. 
but just make it look different. It was like too on the nose. Way too on the nose. Everybody's wearing, they were wearing like tuxedos. It was literally just a casino with dumb looking aliens. Yeah. Oh, that little guy? The little guy's dumb. Get him out of this movie. Whose idea was that? It's not funny. It's, it's like, it reminds me, like, it's prequel bad, Mm -hmm. but somehow it's like in the worst of prequel bad. Yeah. And when they ride off on those racehorses that for whatever reason make everything shake whenever they run, <laughs> um, they're dumb, like almost human faces. Yeah. It's, it's uh, kind of disturbing. Like weird horse racing in Star Wars anyway. What? Fine, I guess. This but is dumb. That whole chase and everything, that's like the effects in that part look like an old Harry Potter movie. How it's like. You watch the Harry Potter movie now, and you're like, oh, those effects didn't age well. That's how bad those horse things look. Like, the lighting's off. Everything's just weird and off about this entire thing. And the whole thing doesn't matter. The whole trip to Canto Bite doesn't matter. Like, every Star Wars movie has their useless side adventure. All of them do. All of them do. That's fine. It's kind of staple. You know, you had... Rathtars in The Force Awakens. You had the, the asteroid bit in The Empire Strikes Back. Pretty much all of Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi. Watch episode two of the, of the podcast. You know, they all have this dumb little side, but the fact that Canto Bite is so long and it just serves absolutely no purpose at all. Yeah, and even how they found out to go there because they just... Call Maz Kanata. Ugh. And the whole time she is putzing around with a jetpack in a firefight, she wouldn't answer that call. That was a. It just doesn't. Ugh. It bothers me. Like, so they go to Canto Bite to get the code breaker. Code breaker's busy or doing something, they can't get the code breaker. Oh, but that's okay. It turns out there's a guy who can just do the exact same thing there, even though they said that only one person could do it. And, oh, we're going to subvert your expectations, because I bet you're thinking he's going to be a lovable scoundrel, and he's going to be a friend. You know what? They met this guy in a jail. I did not think that. I was like, this guy's probably going to hose him over somehow. Yeah. I don't get where that was even supposed to be, like, a surprise or anything. I don't assume every scoundrel is... Gonna be a good guy because Han Solo. Yeah. No. No, you dingus. You might have pulled the wool over some people who aren't very street smart out there. <laughs> what was that? What was with the part where there was there was a talk about like the the same shipyard makes X wings and Tie fighters and or the like, they're buying them from the same people. Yeah. So it's like with the both profiting. It's like that was never brought up again. What was that? What what was that? It was like it was like. Two minutes of talking about that, and then this is never brought up again. Man, rich people just gonna make money off of war. No crap. But you know what? Even in Star Wars, like, they're not... It's not like they buy these things off of arms dealers. Yeah. There's shipyards that make them. One of the famous ones, Kuat Shipyards. Make all Imperial stuff. It's like a thing. So you're <laughs> telling me that now they're just making it and not... They're, they're selling it? Yeah, and then other people are selling them to them. I don't... doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. It makes things complicated for a message that was never even brought up again. 
Yeah. And you know what? I don't even, I don't even mind the Rose character, but whoever said whenever Rose is on screen, start playing her theme. It gets really repetitive and annoying real fast. I don't like Rose. I don't think the actress who plays Rose should have gotten any hate for her role. No. No. That's why would you hate on her? She didn't write her character. She obviously was acting with a bad director. I don't even think he's a bad director. He's not a good Star Wars director. But he's not a good director because that movie doesn't make any like sense structurally. I don't think for at least this movie, he didn't direct this movie well. I'm not saying he's a bad director in general. I'm just saying this ain't one of his best projects. I think Rose should have not been bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, like one one thing I am cool with is um and it, well, there's more than one, but I'm cool with when Kylo tells Ray that her parents were nobodies. Yeah. I'm I was like relieved. I was like, "Oh, thank goodness." I was like, "Oh, yeah, not yeah. like Luke's kid or Obi-Wan's grandkid or something stupid." Their telepathic communicating was pretty cool. I thought that was the best part of the movie. I think Kylo Ren and Rey's interactions was the best part of the movie. Kylo Ren had good development to his character, and so did Rey. Easily the best part of the movie. I actually find their interactions to be enjoyable. I also really like how it all built up until that throne room scene. Mm -hmm. That was all really cool. Yeah, and in the throne room scene, like killing of Snoke, Killing Snoke was very cool. I, yeah, I liked it. I did too. I know that that's the one thing a lot of people have beef with. Not me. I liked it. I was like, hey, that's cool. And when Kylo Ren at the end was like, hey, you know, I'm the supreme leader now. Cool. All right. Where is he going to go with that? Like, that was a cool development. I liked it. I don't think, well, the throne room scene, the whole fight with the Praetorian guards, it was cool to see in the theater, but on um, later viewings, the choreography is not very good. Oh, I, I still think it's good. You can just, you can tell it's more choreographed. It doesn't it's, look, no, don't watch Ray and Kylo and what they're doing. Watch the Praetorian guards in the background. They just stand there. They, one of them literally uh, runs up. Like, takes one swing at right, and then just runs off screen to do nothing. Like, it was stupid. Yeah, at least one of them got their head cut off. Yeah, okay, sure, but like... It, <laughs> well, you know, you always complain about there not being any dismemberments in any of these I'm, not, I'm talking about, like, the main characters. Oh, main characters. Every Star Wars trilogy is a main character dismembered in some way, and it has, like, a very, like, big meaning. Like, if Finn got his hand cut off by Kylo Ren, that would have been neat in The Force Awakens. Yeah. Instead of just getting cut up the back and then just being fine. You can still have, like, hey, now you got a robot hand. Robot hand. Everybody gets one. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Your character wears a glove from now on. Yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it doesn't, who cares? It's not that big of a deal. But anyway, like, I think that throne room scene, I think they just, it was built up to be really cool and choreographed. And the parts where Ray and Kylo, like, they're fighting, like, those one-on-one fights were really cool. It's just everyone in the background not doing anything was very dumb. 
Yeah, I, I still don't think it looks cool. I still like the scene. It does look cool. And I think... I like when the drapes burn, and it's like, oh, it's not red walls, it's fabric. And and then it reveals the space battle. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. I just wish that the... It just, I don't know. I just wish the Praetorian Guards had done something more interesting than just stand there. Yeah, it's like Rose and Finn are, and BB-8 are mucking about on the ship, and they learn that that Codebreaker guy, oh, he's a bad guy. What? He just He just leaves. But then um, all heck's breaking loose on that ship. And when BB-8 steals that ATST, yeah, ATST. Oh God! And the top of it rips off to reveal it's BB-8. I really don't think that's how ATSTs no. work. The legs would stop working. There's so much wrong with that. And the fact that it's just BB-8 and just like the little port that he plugs into, and that's all that's left. Yeah. Give me a break. And that that does not the green screen and the it effects looks, looks terrible. It's Bad. It's very bad. It's very bad. And that might have to do with it being pumped out in two years. I don't think that's enough time to make a movie that large know. of scale, but still. Like, you could have BB-8 pop out the top, or like one of the little windows or something. Or just not even have them pop out at all, and just have the characters realize that it's BB-8. That something, would work too. I don't know. You didn't need to rip the whole top off, and that was ridiculous. That's so dumb. And also, let's talk about Captain Phasma dying in a super dumb way. <laughs> we didn't even talk about her in the <laughs> because because she's just that pointless. She's she, there to sell toys. She looks cool. She has a cool character. She just does nothing. Navid hypes her up. They're like, "All right, the last Jedi." You know, she was a bit disappointing in the Force Awakens. We're really gonna have her do cool stuff this time, and like. How everyone said that she should have like a staff or something like that. And then they gave her the staff. It was like, <laughs> oh my God, they're going to make her cool. And then she just falls down a fire pit and dies. So lame. Yeah. Moving on, I guess. Uh, another big action sequence is Crate. Crate was dumb. I like the way it looks. I do too. I think I, the I, red I like- dust and everything was cool. Let me clarify. Okay. I like the way the planet looks. I like the crystal <laughs> doggos. Mm-hmm. I like the dumb salt mm-hmm. and it's right underneath. Yeah. Like that's cool. That little base and everything. But once you start putting those walkers down, it starts looking cheap. Yeah. It looks like Empire. Worse than Empire. Well, they hype up these walkers, right? Oh, they're so big. And they're and they, they, they don't do anything. They don't do anything. They don't do anything. They bust out that battering ram, and the one line I hate is about how it uses Death Star tech. What does that even mean? Who cares? Who cares? I don't care. I don't care. care. They could have fired it. They have it a battering it, ram. I literally would have gone, okay. I would, I would have had the same, but now I'm going Death Star tech. So it's using kyber crystals? Yeah. Where'd they get kyber crystals from? You know what? That's cool if it shows up in like a encyclopedia or something. I'd be like, oh, that's neat. Yeah. But the fact that like, let's stop the movie and just say it's Death miniaturized Star Star, Death Star tech. What? Why? Well, it doesn't seem to work very well. No, it doesn't. It just kind of gets so hot. Yeah. This is like a heat ray. <laughs> yeah. Also, Finn sacrificing himself. Pretty dumb. R- Rose saving him. Even dumber. All the cockpit scenes in this part and anywhere else look cheap. He had like a weird thing of like, I want to shoot something and then like an outside of a ship and then I want to like pull in on it to reveal people inside. Mm-hmm. 
And just doesn't look good. It's it's overused, yeah, and it just kind of doesn't look good. All the effects in this are kind of off. I did like the part where Poe accidentally kicks out the part of the, the speeder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that part was funny. <laughs> but even then, you have all the speeder stuff happen, and for what? What, is the, what do the speeders do? They, don't they do didn't anything. do anything, though. They didn't do anything. They get blown up, and then they go back. Like, it didn't serve any purpose. And then Finn, okay. I, I mean, the speeder is, like, cruising and, like, kicking up all the cool. dust and everything. That's they cool. They look neat, I guess. Yeah. Okay, and <laughs> another problem that I have, another, like, weird technical thing, just a content, almost like a continuity error. Okay. So, Finn is flying a speeder towards the miniaturized Death Star Tech battering ram. You know, about to, you know, sacrifice himself. It There's a shot. It's the speeders flying back. Uh-huh. And then it's Finn, so far ahead of everybody else, traveling in the opposite direction, full speed. Rose somehow turns around, goes fast enough to catch up with Finn, and then hits him at a 90-degree angle. What? How? That... It was also hot enough to melt his his uh, speeder. But then he's just fine. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, he's a little sweaty. That's it. <laughs> and then they, they get into this crash. You know, these speeders going full speed. They get into this crash. They're like barely wearing seatbelts. And then they're fine. And then none of the walkers shoot at them. Well, Rose was unconscious. Yeah, nobody shoots at him or anything. They're just like, those oh, rebels. What? Yeah. And then they, and then Rose, or what Finn drags Rose or however it was all, all the, the way, way back. back. That's without, a long way. Without any first order people just like, I don't know, shoot them, I guess. Can I peg them off, please? Can I shoot them? Sir, can I, can I fire the main cannon? I kind of want to see what it does. You know, doesn't make any sense. And then the whole battering ram thing just shoots a small little door. A super tiny little hole. <laughs> it makes a big explosion, I guess, but it just makes a little tiny hole. And then Luke shows up. And then Luke shows up. I like the whole force projection thing and the whole fight. I got, I saw the twist coming. The second they showed Luke, I'm like, well, that's not him. Yeah, because he looked way different. I was like, you're telling me he got like a new outfit, he picked out a new outfit, got a haircut, put in a little just for men gray Yeah, to like his, darken his hair. I mean, I thought, well, that's a, that's an odd choice. I didn't pick up on him not leaving footprints. I did, yeah. I didn't notice that. I noticed that. He just wasn't leaving any red So it wasn't prints. that much of a surprise for me when he was just a projection. I thought that was actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it, it was easily the most Jedi thing that could have been done in that situation. Oh, totally. Nobody died. Everybody was saved. He sacrificed himself. Yeah. To give them enough time to get out. And also, I really liked his death scene. I, I think it was so well done, especially when he sees like the dual sunset, you know? Because we didn't know that Acto was a binary system, but then we finally see it when Luke's dying. I thought that was very, very nice. Very well done. Yeah, and it really seemed like it was taking a toll on him to do that too. I mean, granted, he was floating. Yeah. But he was like disturbed he was sweating yeah it, he looked strained. could not have been easy i don't know also just a little dumb thing do you remember when ray goes to the supremacy and she leaves in a little coffin 
everybody that's another thing too everybody just kind of apparently you can just come and go as you please on the supremacy the or, whole thing about them needing a code to break in and then ray can just fly in granted they were waiting for her, but waiting she didn't for her, she didn't sure. like she she wasn't like she's just turning herself in basically yeah but just to get close to kylo ren what if they just shot her out of the sky like right. i don't know Sir, there's a oh, it could be a sabotage mission. Oh, fire on it. That's like when uh, Rose and Finn. So they leave in like an escape pod. Yeah, is that what happened? Mm-hmm. So the escape pod has a hyperdrive. A hyperdrive. Sure. <laughs> Stupid, but okay. And they wouldn't be like, "Hey, go intercept that escape pod." What if what if General Organa's on that? Yeah, who Leia's on there? You'd want to blow that up, right? Yeah. I don't know. There's just so many things that just don't... It wouldn't have taken much. No. To fix a lot of these issues. And the fact that they made it this far, that's what bothers me about it. I hold... I guess I'm holding Star Wars up to a higher standard than a lot of dumb movies. But that's fair, too, because it's the literal biggest franchise ever. Yeah. It needs to be good. It does. There's no excuse to have this bad of writing. The writing in this movie is terrible. Like, yeah, the writing is stinky. not good. And you're telling me this is a Star Wars movie? Like, what? I, and again, I don't want to sound like an angry fanboy, but really? This is what you come out with? It's super... And like... Oh, yeah. Every time I think about this movie, I think of just another dumb thing like that whole coffin thing that just popped in my head i was like oh yeah that's just another just super dumb thing yeah watching this again and the whole point of watching these movies again is that i didn't go in wanting to continue to hate on this movie because even with the prequels and stuff i found myself pleasantly surprised and i didn't like this movie the first time i saw it the last couple of times I saw it after that, I, I, it didn't really bother me that much, but I was also kind of like doing stuff when it was on. And this last time, it was it was a chore. Yeah, it literally felt like a chore sitting down and turning this movie on. It's not good. No, I don't, I don't really like this one. It's not good. And that's just where I want to leave it. I don't really... I mean, I probably mentioned something that I could qualify as a favorite scene in this, but... What is your favorite scene? Oh, we didn't even do that for The Force Awakens, I guess. No, we, we spaced it out. Oh. Anything how? How about this? <laughs> My favorite scene in The Force Awakens is the fight with Rey and Kylo Ren. It looks really cool. The lightsaber combat was also really well choreographed. Cool. Cool. What about this one? Or this one? Um... I mean, I guess I'd say, like, the throne room fight... But I think the throne rooms, the beginning of the throne room scene, the whole dialogue with Kylo Ren and Rey and how they're trying to convince each other to join each other's sides, and then they both think that they've done it, and I think that was all really well done. But I will say this, once they start tugging on that lightsaber, That's part's dumb. and it's like vibrating and breaks apart, oof. I'm not even talking about my favorite scene being, including the fight with the Praetorian Guards, I'm saying... Everything before the fight with the Praetorian Guards, because I do have my gripes with that fight. <sighs> Your favorite scene? I just said it. Oh, I just said it. Oh, except okay. for that pulling apart the lightsaber. Yeah. I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. Thumbs down, not good. Yep. Go ahead. You want to you wanna call us hater fanboys? Do it. 
Go ahead, label us. I don't want to be one, but... I'll wear it on my sleeve. Sure. Whatever. Well, let's take a break, and we'll listen to a promo from another podcast. Bad movies. The world is full of them. From low-budget crap fests to downright unwatchable. And only two men are willing to watch them all. So climb in and take your seat. This is Short Bus Cinema. Let's do it. Hey everyone, this is Johnny Krug from Kruger Nation. And this is Rick Morgan from the Hail Ming Power Hour. And we have decided to team up and take you where no one has gone before. We're on a quest to find the world's worst movie, and we're doing it on the bus. Driving through cult classics in every genre to find holy grail of bad movies. So if you're looking for something different and more fun than you can stand, then climb on in. Short Bus Cinema is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. That's right, yo! Short Bus Cinema. We love to watch the movies you hate. Moving on to The Rise of Skywalker. So this one, obviously, at the time, still in theaters, seems to be doing well. People are liking it, I guess. Not really. It's pretty divided, actually. Is it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The, I haven't heard anything the, too the terrible. The critic reviews are awful. They don't like... Critics don't like this movie. Fans are more divided on it. Overall, it's like, yeah, it was okay. I, thought I it was, think it's just okay. I, don't think, I think it was not good i wouldn't say it was terrible i think it was not a good movie it definitely feels like it's trying to correct course correct from the last jedi like you put but i think they put the retrograde burn on a little too strong they definitely like tried to i think in their their means of fixing it they just kind of overcompensated and made it worse yeah it's it's trying too hard it's trying way too hard but what else could you do I think they should have just continued. I really do. Just followed through. At least made it one continuous vision. I think they really should have. They should have kept the original director. They should have just followed through what they were going to do with. Oh. Um, I'm happy Friendship is back. It seems like everybody's friends again. Yeah. I do like that aspect. Their characters are more in line with where they should be. Yeah. Because I feel The the Last Jedi really just kind of like... They didn't really do anything with anybody, and if they did, they just kind of, like, Poe was very mistreated. Yeah, and Finn literally went through the same exact arc again. But at least in this, I mean... But they don't have anything new. I don't think they have any new arcs. What is... what? How does Poe Dameron grow by the end of this movie? He doesn't. Not really. And neither does Finn. Finn doesn't Not change really. well, at all. He gets, like, oh, he's, he's Percy now. Yeah. Well, I kind of figured that in The Force Awakens. Yeah. I would just Ray... kind of assume that he had a touch of Force or something. Yeah, Ray's, I don't know, kind of brought up this whole new thing where she... They'd, they'd have hinted that she was, like, you know, just had this, like, natural dark side power throughout the entire trilogy, I think. The whole Force lightning part would have been neat. Mm-hmm. Can we address the elephant in the room? What would that be? Mm- the Emperor being back? Oh, might as well get this out of the way, yeah. The Emperor being back is stupid. It serves no purpose. It only 
it it only just makes things more convoluted. It also brings in a new villain at the end of the trilogy, which just kind of it, it really rushes the story because it makes you kind of absorb things and just moves on. And it, I just think it was, it was just stupid. Could have just kept it Snoke. It literally could have been Snoke. You they show S- Snoke clones and tubes for half a second, <laughs> yeah. And you know, Lamper's like, "Oh, it was me the whole time. Great, whatever." But I don't. It would have been weirder if they'd been like, "Oh man, there's like Snoke can just make more of himself." Or just Snoke, yeah. If Snoke, it like Snoke, if they had kept Snoke, it would have kept the villain throughout the entire trilogy. It would have freaked Kylo Ren out, you know. Oh my God, Snoke is back. Yeah, and he's mad about. And he's mad about being killed, and he's been like amassing this force or whatever. And Rey could still be a Palpatine, and that would make Snoke want Rey because she's a Palpatine. Even you could have kept the whole I'm going to go into your body thing because mm-hmm. you're a Palpatine. They could have they could have just made it way simpler. It had just been Snoke. Yep. But no, no. <laughs> just, just had to be back, didn't he? Uh, yeah. I mean, Goonies aren't good enough this time around. <laughs> it's just kind of like people like Goonies. What if we put some Goonies in Star Wars? The Goonies. Also, that, didn't make that any whole sense. dagger thing it didn't make any sense. The the whole quest to go get the star debris. Yeah, why that's there? What planet is exactly on? It's not exactly. It's on Endor. No, it's just another moon. Else. Whatever. It doesn't matter. So like, there's these. I don't know, Wayfinder things. Mm. There's only two. Yeah, well, two were made. Lucky that there was made that they made two. Because one, one, was, one was apparently, like, at Vader's place on Mustafar, which doesn't really get explained. But also isn't at Vader's place, because that would have been too cool to have it at Vader's place. <laughs> so they just had it in, like, a weird forest section of Mustafar, which was dumb. The other one, Palpatine just had hanging out on the second Death Star. Just had one. Yep. Good thing that made it, survived. Yeah. I think it's a cool set piece. I do Regardless too. of, I just let it go. I was like, whatever. I'm fine with it. It does look cool. It looks super cool. But then Kylo Ren just breaks it right away. And, and then Ray, they get into a fight. Yeah. But then Ray takes off in his, in in his, his ship. In his ship. Goes to Octo. Sets his ship on fire. Yeah. Just to have Force Ghost Luke go, hey, do you think that you really think that would be the only one? And then so she checks the glove box <laughs> and just finds <laughs> and one. And it's just he just had it chilling in there. Yeah. Oh my god. <sighs> Why? Why? It was like this movie probably would have been a lot better had they just kind of not had to do that. It just seemed like really weird roundabout way of just getting one anyway. You can do set setups like that, and it, and, it, and it can be fun. This one just came off as, like, a scratch in my head. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, why did we just have to watch all that? Yeah. Other than it it's looks pointless. Neat. Also, the whole dagger. So let's, okay, let's talk about the dagger for a second. So this dude made this dagger that, written in Sith, what did that even translate to? The coordinates of the Death Star debris? I guess. So, he wrote in Sith, the corns to the Death Star degree, 
and then if you go to the planet and then you stand in the specific spot in front of this specific piece of debris, because I'm sure that's not the only piece of debris, you stand in the specific spot and then you pull this little thing out of the dagger and you hold it up Goonie style, it'll point to where to go. What? What if there was an earthquake on the planet and the debris got shifted? Or like, why would you make it this old, like, dagger? Really? It yeah, so it felt dumb. weird that it would be a dagger. And then, <laughs> yeah, so what about this whole Sith language becoming a thing? Everybody's just throwing the word Sith around like it's common knowledge now. Yeah. Like everybody just knows. Like, Oh, you speak Sith? What? <laughs> is this a language? When nobody's like, what the heck's a Sith? Yeah. So they're a species? Were they a species? In Legends, they were a species. Yeah. But that was like, then it's a religion? That was like tens of thousands of years ago. <laughs> I'm dumbfounded. It's mind-boggling. Why that would be. Like... Yeah, I just don't... I just kind of don't get that. I mean, it gets just thrown around way too much. Um, I don't even know where to talk about. Like, this movie is just so... <laughs> um, You could call this movie Star Wars. They're all fat now. Because any of the... Old... Wedge wasn't looking bad. No, Wedge, Wedge was looking pretty good. I was surprised he was in this movie. Considering Me too. How much he that... hates Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wonder how much they paid him. I don't know. I probably just came in his pajamas. They're like, put on this X-Wing costume. He's like, okay. Gets in. More more supposed to go. They point at the, the turret set they just had lying around from the Act Falcon. Act like you're having fun. Oh, I'm here. And they're like, okay, that's good enough. And okay, now just... go hug somebody in a costume. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> they hugged him and they're like, all right, here's your million dollar check. I mean, Billy D. Williams is fine. He's not in it enough, I don't no. think. They did hype it up. I saw ads and stuff. It's like, Billy crushes it. Back in his role as Lando. <laughs> okay, so then, um, like that other uh, girl that was the ex- Ex-Imperial, yeah. That's mucking about with Finn. Yeah. And how at the end, like she's talking to Lando, and Lando- is like, whoa, where do you come from? And she's like, I don't know. And she's like, he's like, well, let's find out. Like The way he says it, he sounds like he's like kind of hitting on her. Well, let's find out. Yeah, it's kind of like a weird. And I was like, uh, and there's the whole thing about like how she was supposed to be his daughter, mm-hmm. which would make it seem more like maybe he kind of knows. What a fat coincidence that would be, too. No doubt. This movie is filled with just that lucky sort of coincidental... Man, the Force was working overtime on making yeah. everything just work out for yeah. everyone. Like, it's cool if you do a, a bit, but it was sure every single time. Everything. Everything just worked out exactly how it should. Mm-hmm. Even the point where, like, oh, where's, where's the antenna? And Finn just goes, hmm, I think it's that ship. Yeah. And then it is? What? <laughs> it didn't even seem like a force thing. Like he closed his eyes and he sat for a second. He goes, it's that ship. It's just like that one. I'm Why? Not buying, I don't know. I'm not buying that the emperor would be that dumb where all those ships had to communicate with each other through a dumb An- antenna. What? And you're telling me, so this planet, what's the name of the planet that he's on? That he's chilling on Sith planet. Sithy poopy place. Yeah, okay. Sithy poopy place. <laughs> it's so hard to get to Sith poopy place. Like, they're flying through, like, this weird nebula. It's super hard to get to. How are all those Star Destroyers planning on leaving? If it's so hard to get to Sith poopy place. 
One of them was already gone. Exactly. How did it get through that nebula? <laughs> it was like, already it was already gone. If they needed to follow Ray's path, the path from the Pathfinder so specifically, and that path was filled with narrow gaps. And they all have Death Star Death Star powerful. That might have been one of the dumbest things of the entire sequel trilogy. I will say one thing. The, the planet, planet blowing, blowing up, up was cool. cool. <laughs> yes, it did look cool. The fact that it came from one single Star Destroyer might have been one of the single dumbest things I've ever seen. When it shot the when it shot the planet, you know, for that first like second, I'm like, oh my god, that's doing a lot of damage. You know, that's cool. They're they have like powerful lasers. That's a lot of damage. Yeah, like this is pretty is pretty Phil Swift. <laughs> but then you know, it pulled an OxyClean and said, wait, there's more. And then the whole planet exploded. <laughs> it's like, but wait, there's more. And the whole, like, it was so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Way to make the Death Star, which took 19 years to build, just seem like a, oh, but, you know, they have these ones that just do that. And just, yeah. What's that saying about Starkiller Base, too? That wasn't good enough. Starkiller Base blew up, like, five like one planet and like five moons and that was like a crazy like oh my god but now you have to have one single star destroy be able to blow up an entire planet like in just hyperspace anywhere yeah they just but as, as long as one of them has a working antenna you're good yeah <laughs> oh, it's so dumb why are they on imperial one star destroyers too don't you think you would want to and that's the thing so you might say to yourself oh they just used old imperial one star destroyers you know that's why they started disappearing after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Because that, that's, that's how they made the Sith fleet. You'd be wrong. They built all new Imperial One Star Destroyers, and they were not only the exact same design, but they were, they were um, slightly larger than Imperial Ones for no reason. <laughs> they had to make them, they had to specifically make them look like Imperial ones, but slightly larger, just to make canon even more dumb. It's just so not... Like, there's just so much in this movie that just doesn't work. Um, what about things that do work? Um, what, what are things that you like? I liked the part where Kylo Ren and Rey fought on the Death Star 2 debris. I like how there's, like, no music. It's pretty cool. Kylo Ren kind of kicks Rey's butt. I like that. It kind of did help with the whole, you know, how he was shot in The Force Awakens so he didn't fight as well. It kind of brings that up. It's kind of like a, hey, Kylo Ren's formidable. He's actually really powerful. I liked the whole talk with Han. That yeah. was fun. Good acting, too. Um, why well, I don't get why he chucked that lightsaber, though. It was a sign that he was kind of done being Kylo Ren. I know, but you, you might you need just it. hold on to it. You might need it. He did need it. He did need a lightsaber later too. <laughs> if he'd had it, it, would have been a bit shorter of a movie. But I, I also liked. I kind of liked the force teleportation of items. That was cool. That was very cool. I like how it. It was an expansion on the whole communication from the rise or yeah. the last Jedi. And not to bring up outside media, mm -hmm. but. Even on Rebels, there's a world between worlds mm -hmm. where, like, you can go different places or, like, view time and space. Yeah. And apparently there's something about how, like, yeah, you can even, like, put items through there. So maybe they were almost doing that subconsciously. I didn't maybe really, it was like... just because of their bond together. Yeah. 
I liked that. I liked when they were fighting when Ray's on his in his ship and he was on the ground and like weird items were just coming through. Mm-hmm. That was cool. And like how when Darth Vader's helmet came through, Kylo Ren instantly knew, looked at the closest stormtrooper and said, "They're on my ship. Lock it down." That it it actually had plot convenience and also not convenience, but had plot was reasoning. Neat. Yeah, and it wasn't. It didn't just look cool. And also the lightsaber handoff. I thought that was really cool. That was cool too. And I also like how uh, Kylo Ren had a different fighting style when he had the other lightsaber, the blue one. Oh, because he, it wasn't it was like... More, probably using more of like his previous training rather Because he didn't train with uh, like cross card lightsaber, I'm sure. Yeah, and he wasn't like fueled with anger anymore. Yeah, I didn't like the Knights of Ren in this movie. Well, they're barely. They in looked it. cool. They hyped him up too. They hyped him up way too much. <laughs> they did. Even in in the in like the marketing, they hyped him up, and even in the movie, they hyped him up. You know, they had their own ship. They're standing there on the planet. They're looking all mischievous, and oh, they're they're on the snow planet. You know, maybe we could just see him fight on here. And then they they just get hacked away by Kylo Ren. Um, that little guy that worked on C three PO. He was fine. You know, for being a little guy with a funny voice, I thought for sure that guy would be annoying, and I really liked him. He was barely in the movie, and he was actually funny. Yeah. Can we talk about the best character in this movie? Who's the best character in this C-3PO. movie? C-3PO. Heck yeah. C-3PO is funny. He had a day. Great acting, too. Like, just good, well writing, too. Yeah. And it finally gets to do a little gets something. Gets to do something, you know? He's actually funny. Everything that came out of C-3PO's mouth was not annoying. But oh no. He had to lose all of his memories. Yeah, like, can we get into the prop, one of the major problems of this movie? But then he gets them back. Yeah. Why can't anybody just die? You know? Chewie's death. No, but Chewie's not dead. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> you know, Chewie didn't die. Oh, C-3PO got his memory wiped. Don't worry. C-3PO didn't get his memory wiped. He's just back. Um... Oh, Ray's dead. Don't worry, guys. Kylo Ren. Oh, but Kylo Ren's dead. And that actually stayed. That That's the only thing that actually <laughs> stayed dead in this movie. After he was healed twice. After he was healed twice. <laughs> and getting that fading away death, not appropriate. No. No. I think the only reason why Kylo Ren faded away is that so no one could would complain about Ray not being able to heal him. Because, you know, if he had not faded away, everyone would have been like, well, why didn't Ray just heal him? Good point. I think that was the only reason. Darth Vader didn't fade away and he killed the Emperor. Well, wait, never mind. He didn't kill the Emperor because, you know, he has to survive. But, you know, he didn't fade away. So it's like, why should Kylo? What did Kylo do? He ran up on the Emperor and got force pushed down a pit. <laughs> he killed the Knights of Ren, but I don't know. Stupid. This movie is just so, like, it's just such a sigh. It's just such a, like, okay, it's done. The trilogy's done. It's wrapped up. It could have been so much better. It could have been worse. And I hate when people say, like, well, what could they have really done? You know, the, it was such a train wreck. What, what could have, what could have J.J. Abrams done to save this? But you look at the, the, the prequel trilogy, episode one and two, complete stinkers of films. And episode three, Diamond in the Rough. Episode three was a good movie. It actually salvaged the, the end of the trilogy. 
And then you go to the sequel trilogy, you have The Force Awakens, which is actually not that bad. You have one giant stinker. There's... That should not have brought down the, the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I feel this movie just ends up being too convoluted. For no reason. Yeah, it's just overly complicated. It doesn't need to be. Yeah. Um, It could have just been a more simple story. And still gotten... Still kind of be the same story. A little more simplified. Maybe take, like, trimming some of that fat off of mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Flush it out. Give it a little more, like... Breathing. Breathing moments. Yeah. Because this movie is pretty consistent with go 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 but it doesn't really stop it should have stopped there should have been a midpoint where it slows down yeah i mean like a little better pacing a little more i'm not saying everything had to be totally explained but you know what maybe flesh it out a little bit more make it like um return of the jedi return of the jedi is just a simple movie the empire strikes back that's it's more of a complex movie same with a new hope return of the jedi it's simple you know, it's ABC. It's just a simple movie, and it's good. Still have my issues with it. It's just still good. The Rise of Skywalker, way too complicated for its own good. Yeah, there's too many fake-outs. There's too many, like... Convenience. Deus Ex Machina's yep. happening. Somebody mm-hmm. shows up just in time, or somebody, you know, whatever. You know, Ray just happens to have the correct force power to do a thing. And too many dumb technical things, too, because I am a very... I like the technical aspects of... Star Wars ships and whatnot. Whole hyperspace jumping thing, skipping, hyperspace skipping. Oh, yeah. That's fine. You can hyperspace skip. Don't have TIE fighters hypers. How can TIE fighters track the Millennium Falcon through hyperspace? Yeah, they destroyed the ship that could track. They destroyed the one and only technology. And even then, that needed a lot to actually power it and make it work. It was a pretty big sector of that already big ship just to track ships through hyperspace. And now TIE fighters can do it? What? TIE Fighters have hyperdrives now? TIE fi- Yeah, that's another thing, too. Since when do TIE Fighters have hyperdrives? Where did they put the darn thing? <laughs> that's kind of the whole point of them. Yeah. They're light fighters that are cheap and don't need hyperdrives. But, and then, like, hyperspace skipping just is never brought up again. No. They it never do it again. for, like, a neat sequence, I guess. Yeah. It served no purpose and created more problems. At least that, like, dumb-looking yellow slug guy wasn't in the movie very much. He's in it for like three seconds because everyone complained <laughs> about him being in the movie. You think that's why? I do. I really do. Because the first poster they came out months and months ago had him in it. And everyone's like, that guy is super stupid. <laughs> so I think they... Good. I think they removed him. But that clearly did not save the movie at all. I do like the the message in this movie. Yeah, the message is all right. Of, you know, it's uh, it's simple... It's just a, hey, guess what? Space Nazis are back. Just do something about it. Also, like... We all need to do something about it. Otherwise, it's going to be a problem. What's up with the part where they land on the the Resurgence-class Star Destroyer? And they, they land on the Resurgence-class Star Destroyer, and they go, shut down their speeders. They're not using speeders. And they're on a horse, dumb horse thingies. <laughs> what was the point? Well, A... We never see the horse thingies again, so that was kind of weird and pointless. Better-looking horse thingies. That's true. B, what do you mean shut down their speeders as a thing that you would have been able to do this entire time? What does that even mean? Yeah, I didn't even think about that. 
this is another thing. It's another thing that was included in this movie that makes no sense and only complicates things more. <laughs> Same. Oh, and there's this part, little gripe here. When all the ships start flying in for the first run on all the Star Destroyers, they go, fire the ion cannons. Guess what they fire? The turbo lasers. <laughs> Nobody saw that and corrected that. This movie need, needed to, they need to rewrite the script like a few times. Go through the script and fix things. A few more drafts would have been great. Nobody ran that past Pablo Hidalgo. No, <laughs> I don't think, I think Pablo Hidalgo, they're like, hey, do you want to help us with this? And he's like, no, no, no. And just keeps on working on the Mandalorian. <laughs> he's just drawing pictures of Transformers. Drawing pictures of Transformers and telling people <laughs> like technical things for the Mandalorian. Oh. Pablo Hidalgo, you great man. Hats off to him. Hats off to Pablo Hidalgo. Round of applause for Pablo Hidalgo. Bravo, my dude. Okay. Anything else you want to throw out there? It was, there? uh, it was disappointing, I'd say. I really, there was a, th I wasn't, I didn't have high hopes for this movie, but there was a little part of me that said, they could pull an episode three and actually come out with a good movie. Sadly, I was mistaken. Yeah, I just want, I was just hoping it was going to be okay. It turned out to be okay. And then I, in my heart, I'm like, okay, it's really not good enough. Okay, it's not good enough. For the biggest franchise ever, are we really about to say we can settle for okay? No, but that's okay. We don't have to worry about any more of the Skywalker trilogies anymore, at least for a while. Yeah. Until somebody decides to kick it in again. Yeah. And then maybe somebody will come along. Maybe you'll be older and you'll be there to guide the way. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, one thing I'll give this movie big props for is that it looks great the all the effects action, in this are great the, all the action pieces do look cool i think the only thing i think looks kind of bad in it is wherever the emperor is hanging out mm -hmm. and like oh yeah sith cult now yeah you, you can fill a stadium with sith, sith cult cultists i guess cool yeah, whatever whatever that area kind of looked cheap i have to agree there was not much to it i think it was pretty bland yeah. When you say Sith throne, I th my mind races of really cool things. The throne itself looked cool. The yeah. room it was in did not. The The room itself was disappointing. I didn't mind whatever doodad he was hooked up to. That was kind of neat. It was okay. The lighting on his face flickering was That cool. was cool. Yeah. Other than that, this, it looked really good. Yeah. No weird cockpits. No weird cockpits. Lightsaber choreography. Good. Pretty good. Should we get to our favorite scenes? Sure. Favorite scene? Battle on the second Death Star. Well choreographed. I like the lack of a score for once. Not to say that that uh, John Williams did a bad job. He knocked out of the park. It must have been good because I didn't really notice it. Yeah. Um. But it it was nice. I think it it helped the mood of the fight. So yeah, that was my favorite scene. Cool. My favorite scene is when Chewbacca finds out about Leia's death so and sad. just falls to his knees. Yeah. That almost broke me. Yeah. It's weird to say that's my favorite scene. Yeah. But I really I don't know. It, it was I like the way it like gut. pans out too. Because I was like, yeah, I get it, Chewbacca. All your really close friends are dead. Yeah. Cause he never really seemed to like Lando that much. So yeah. I, I don't think that was a big deal for him. Okay, now let's move on to our rankings. Favorite to least favorite. Number one. Empire Strikes Back. Not surprising. Not surprising at all. Two, A New Hope. 
3. The Force Awakens. 4. Revenge of the Sith. 5. Return of the Jedi. 6. Rise of Skywalker. 7. The Phantom Menace. 8. The Last Jedi. 9. Attack of the Clones. Number 1. The Empire Strikes Back. No surprise there. Number 2. A New Hope. No surprise there. Number 3. Revenge of the Sith. Oh. Oh. Switcher there. Number 4. Return of the Jedi. Number 5. The Force Awakens. Number 6. The Rise of Skywalker. Number 7. The Phantom Menace. Number 8. The Last Jedi. Number 9. Attack of the Clones. Dang, we weren't that far off from each no, other. No, I'm. I was really surprised at how fa- how high up the the Force Awakens was. Yeah, I, well, I think part of it is too is I just watched all of these in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Some of them definitely more than once, and yeah, it. I don't know. It just sit well with me. Just for um point of reference, I put Rogue One above Return of the Jedi. You're not wrong there. And I put <laughs> I put Solo above the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Okay. I'd say that's, that's fair. I just, I don't know. Obviously, Empire's the best. Obviously, New Hope. And New Hope and Empire, anytime people interchange those as their favorites, I'm completely cool with that. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. Third place is always weird. I always find third place to be different for people. A lot of people say Return of the Jedi. I say Revenge of the Sith. Granted, that's a lot of nostalgia, but hey, it's my ranking, so I'm going to, you know, kind of base it off that too. Yeah. And it's just a fun movie. Well, that's like your nostalgia too. I mean, that's what's nostalgic for you as far as like what you grew up with. Yeah. Whereas for me, you know, I I rank Return of the Jedi lower simply because like I can. Just because I grew up with that original trilogy doesn't mean they they can't they can't do no wrong. I hate when people say the prequels is my Star Wars. Uh, uh, uh. No, 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 no. Star Wars is for everybody. It is. Star Wars is for everybody. There's not Star Wars for people. Granted, yes, I did grow up with the prequels, but you raised me right. I grew up with the original trilogy, and the prequels are just kind of thrown in there. You grew up with <laughs> the original trilogy. That doesn't make your Star Wars. Right. Nobody, nobody has that right to say. And I also don't like when people say, when I when I bring up a lot of the technical issues about ship design and like, ship specs and stuff like that with the new trilogy and the prequels even they say well don't worry about that type of stuff but at the end of the day star wars is for everybody star wars is for the people that like that more technical aspect and if you don't like appeal to them at all then star wars isn't for everybody i like that i do like your ranking though that is interesting (laughs) hey you got your own ranking of star wars movies send it in We'll make fun of it. We will make fun of it. <laughs> or agree with it. Yeah. We'll see. But probably make fun of it because that's funnier. You know, here's the thing. We beg on these movies. We, I mean, we've been super critical, especially in this episode. Mm. I think maybe second most the uh, prequels, but it comes from a good place. It comes and, from love of Star Wars. Yeah. We want to see it do good. These movies don't ruin star wars for me they're never gonna ruin star wars for me Uh uh-huh even if i don't like them as much as other star wars movies right now i mean just live action ones there's what 11 movies yeah out there right now Mm -hmm. that's a lot of that's a lot a lot of movies watch your favorite ones 
if don't worry about it. You don't like. You don't really have to watch it. I know. It. I'm probably not going to watch the Last Jedi again for a very, very long time. Yeah, and that's okay because I don't like it, so I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, you don't. You don't have to like it. You don't. I don't know. It's okay to be critical of these things. I yeah. think, especially when you do like them a lot. One thing I'm not doing though with things I disagree with, I'm not attacking people online for their views. No, I think that's stupid. I don't tell people that they're stupid or dumb or get in their face about it just because I disagree with them. I can disagree with them and I can have a a discussion with them about their opinions and my opinions. We've been pretty much in sync, you and I. Yeah. But at least there have been times discussing these where I listen to your point of view and there's a couple of times where you've really impressed me where I was like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. And I've had the same experiences too. So it's important. Yeah. I think to just, uh, hey, fans out there, be civil. Yeah. Here's an interesting idea. How would you rank the trilogies if you had to rank the trilogies from best to worst? Because I would personally rank them the original trilogy, the prequels, and then the sequel. But let me, because episode three is one of my favorites, so that personally saves it a lot for me. And also the prequels have interesting things attached to them like the clone wars show which is some of the best star wars ever so that's why i do it that way but how would you how would you do i agree with you really you put yeah. the prequels above the sequel trilogy? i would i'm not a prequel apologist no nor am i i don't think so i mean i i don't know i, I just agree with you on that one i mean we see for the same reasons yeah i mean it is what it is and maybe over time you know we'll get We'll ingest these new ones a little bit more here and there. Even, I mean, it's easy for us to be as critical as we are about The Rise of Skywalker simply because we've only watched it once Mm -hmm. in a theater, which sometimes I feel for me, it's cloudy. We also got hosed over too when we went to see it. Because we got it in 3D. It was not supposed to be in 3D. I did not buy 3D tickets. And we ended up having to see a 3D show. Yeah. And that kind of hindered it for me. But I also feel like every time I see a movie in the theater, I like it more. I've noticed, like, The Last Jedi, I was really, like, strongly trying to make it a good movie after I saw it. But, man, I was so mad at The Rise of Skywalker, how disappointing and bad it was, that when people clapped at the end of that movie, I was like, don't clap at it. (laughs) I was like, I, I, I was so... So I, I still think my ranking would stand. All right, cool. Should we get to the best part? Yep. Three lies, one truth, Wikipedia edition. Okay, you're going first this time. You made me go first last time. Okay. Okay, number one. All right. Palpatine experimented with Darth Plagueis' spontaneous generation of life, which resulted in a three-eyed mutant son, in quotation marks, who was named Triclops. Palpatine banished Triclops to a life of slavery in the spice mines of Kessel after he started to express his views of peace and disarmament. Number two. Palpatine would often go out in public with the aid of a miniature 3D hollow projector in order to disguise his appearance and engage Outer Rim Territory inhabitants. On one occasion, Palpatine's hollow projector malfunctioned due to an electromagnetic pulse released by a malfunctioning droid. When his identity was revealed, he was left no choice but to use force lightning on the entire populace of a village 
on the world of Galadran three to cover his trail. There's a little bit of a long one there. Number number three. Palpatine was known to hold large rallies for his supporters that would also be broadcast on imperial channels of the Holonet. Regardless of his often senseless ramblings, the supporters loved giving him the attention he craved. The crowds were known to chant, lock her up, anytime Palpatine mentioned Mon Mothma. <laughs> that one's obviously yeah, fake. That's pretty fun. <laughs> I just did that one for fun. <laughs> so really, you only got to find the one out of the three. Yeah. Because if you guess that one... <laughs> hey, number four. Palpatine once forced controlled a Yuzum named Ekaf Iman to infiltrate the home of a Rhodian diplomat who was known for spreading anti-imperial propaganda. He made Ekaf Iman kill the diplomat's son as intimidation to cease his traitorous activities. I'm gonna say, while I liked all of them... <laughs> Even the fake one? Even the fake one, yeah. <laughs> um, I like the one where his, his, hollow, or his um, thing broke and they all saw how crazy he was and they had to force lightning them all. <laughs> I'm gonna say that one is not true because I think as a whole he would not care to visit Outer Rim territories. And also, I think he has, I think, shown himself. At least in the, at least in Rebels, I remember him showing himself on a on a hologram in Rebels. But although that is not with Legend, so I guess that's not fair to say. I so think, you're saying that one is not? Yeah, I'm gonna put that in the not true. Okay. Bin. I like the one about Triclops. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say the fourth one is the true one. Oh, where he had the Yuzum. Yeah. Kill the diplomat. Yeah. You are wrong. Is the Triclops one true? It is. No, that's so dumb. Oh, God. Dude, I'm going to look that up. That's so dumb. <laughs> it is true. Um, yeah, there's more to that one, too. Oh, it's, like a, it's only like about a paragraph in his thing, but I thought that one was so dumb. It sounds made up. I yeah. mean, really, it's got three eyes. You're going to name it Triclops. Yeah. Nobody was trying on that one. Nobody was. I think I... I there have been three-eyed things named Triclops before, too. Yeah, there's Triclops from He-Man. Yeah. But that's just because that was, like, his gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. You you picked a good one picking Palpatine. There's <laughs> just so much weird with him. Well, there's not a whole lot of people in the... In the Rise. There's yeah. no Legends material there's for that. There's not a lot. So, I mean, at least he was in a new movie, so I was able to, like, get away with it. Okay. Um, I did see 3PO. Ooh, this ought to be good. Yeah. Okay. 3PO at one point served under Plagueis and accidentally foiled multiple plans to start a galactic war. <laughs> multiple times he was like, oh, you're all this money from this banking clan because he's like funneling money from the banking clan to start the galactic war because that's how the clones were actually funded was through Plagueis. So he would like cancel the money transactions and stuff. Yeah, because Darth Plagueis was supposedly mucking about until when? He was killed, I believe, during the Phantom Menace. <laughs> um, was when Plagueis died. But your nerds didn't know about that. Yeah, huh? um, C-3PO isn't actually a 3PO unit, but is instead a TC unit because young Anakin mixed up his parts. Ooh, that's, that could be, that sounds plausible. 3PO aided the Jedi Nak Atar 
in 97 BBY to defeat the great Sith Lord Tenebuous. <laughs> 3PO did thank the Maker when after a battle post-Return of the Jedi sent his consciousness to meet the God of the Star Wars universe. Because he always saying like, thank the Maker and stuff like that. Man, all those are terrible. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm going to eliminate C-3PO mucking up stuff for Plagueis. I feel his whereabouts are kind of well known around that time, even for Legends. Um, uh, just just a quick refresher. What was the last one again? The last one um, is where he, he dies and then oh. he meets the god of the Star Wars universe to thank the maker. I'm actually going to go with the one where he was with the Jedi. The Jedi, where he aided Jedi Nak Atar. I don't even know how to pronounce that. It's like N-A-C, then it's like the apostrophe A-T-O-R in 97 BBY. Because he was actually made 112 BBY. That's actually canon. He's that old. <laughs> um, but yeah, he helped defeat Tenebuous, who in fact is actually Plagueis' master. Plagueis is kind of old. Um, that one's not true, though. <laughs> <laughs> you really hit me going then. Yeah, I, I really did. Um, Tenebuous is actually, is actually um, Plagueis' master. But he he was he was like crushed by rocks or something lame, because <laughs> I re- I read the Plagueis book. It was really bad. Plagueis just tricks him to stand next to one of those signs that says like "Morning Falling That's Rocks." Literally, just, what happened? It's, it's covered up with a with a paper bag. <laughs> they were they were like chilling in a cave or something. Oh, let me get your picture over here. By- <laughs> <laughs> they were literally just chilling in a cave and Plagueis just like, collapsed the cave on him. Or maybe he was like crushed him with his ship. All I know is he's crushed in dumb way. <laughs> okay, so which one do you think it is? Um, oh boy. I'm going to go with the Thank the Maker one. Thank the Maker? Yeah. Okay, so, so, so 3PO was in this battle, right? Are you just making something no. up again? <laughs> It was in this battle. Is this is this the truth? No, I was about to make something up. <laughs> <laughs> so which one is it? Is it him serving under Plagueis? And mind you, Plagueis is really old. So there's a lot of time between Phantom Menace. I'm going to go Phantom. with the TC. That one is true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so in a, in, it's super dumb that they did that because this entire time they're calling him 3PO. Like is it a 3PO unit? But in reality, he just looks like a TC unit. So how would why would anybody even Uncle Owen refers to him as a three PO unit? Yeah, so dumb. Oh, okay. Wow, I'm tired after this one. Yeah, me too. Whew. Really took a toll. Well, you know what, dongles out there, if you want to write in, you can still send us in some of your made up legends material. We would stuff. love to go through them. Come up with something good. Yeah, I'll read it. Yeah, it was really weird watching all these movies again. You forget how good some are, and you forget how bad some are. Like, I knew I was walking into a doo-doo movie watching episode two, but I really was unprepared for how bad it was. Hey, I still like all these better than Lord of the Rings. I don't know, I haven't watched Lord of the Rings, so I can't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, if you have any feedback or anything, just want to write in to CorruptedYouthPod at gmail.com. So feel free to do that. Also, please rate and review wherever you listen. Whether that be the spoofy, the the our new home, our new cozy little warm home of Podbean. I'm loving it. Yeah, Podbean. What a weird name, though. 
kind of weird. Or Google, whatever that was that we were on. Google Play. Google Play. Yeah, if you're using Google Play, hats off to you for finding such a weird thing to listen to podcasts on. Yeah, there's some other places too. There's some other weird places, probably wherever you listen. But our main thing is like Apple Podcasts. A lot of people listen on there. That's a good place to rate and review us. Yeah, actually, yeah, Apple Podcasts. But hey, wherever you listen to us, be brutally honest. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, you can be nice. That's cool. Also, a special thanks to our fellow podcasters who help support the show. Thanks, guys. You're neat. We like you. Oh, hey, before we go, little thing here. January is the start of our fourth year. Really? Yeah, we've been... It'll be three years that we have in the can. Granted, yeah, we're only a monthly podcast, and we haven't quite hit even that goal sometimes. Yeah. But... I'm really surprised Yeah, that we still have the, the gumption to do this, and it's been fun. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you want to write in. Kudos to the people that have listened to my voice progressively get slightly lower each year. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe we'll have to come up with something fun. Yeah. A really fun one. It's your time to pick. Is it my month? Yeah. I've lost track. It'll be, it'll be your month. Well, because we did Swamp Thing last. That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I'll pick a Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! Yeah, maybe come up with something fun. Also, um, maybe that's when we'll kind of fire up our off-topic... Ramble episodes. Ramble. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, ramble. I haven't come up with a name with it yet. Oh, hey, Dongles, maybe if you have a cool name. Get some... Okay, it has to be, it has to be about... Ep- make it something about like episodes where we just kind of talk about random things. You can use some alliteration. Maybe a little bit of rhyming. Yeah, that'd be fun. Please, more than one person give a suggestion. <laughs> then I'll feel really bad for not picking there. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. This concludes our life day bonanza. Hang in there, dongles. idiots, bumbling idiots who can't do anything right.